You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast, a podcast for fathers by fathers, uh, where we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which are faith, family, finance, and fitness. Uh, and I got another guest with me today, and I'm actually excited to to get this one down. Man, we did this before, and there was some technical difficulties, so uh, it was a good episode too. So I definitely want to uh, to to get this out to you guys. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you again, and I appreciate you taking the time to to do this a second time, man. So Michael Wellington, thank you for joining us, brother. It is my pleasure, sir. Thank you for having me. Um, just want to let you know, by the way, you be putting up some real fire every day. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm happy to be on, uh, happy to talk to you about, you know, fitness, finance, faith, all that good old stuff. So yeah. 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 I've, I've been, I've been trying, man. I try to, you know, take the time every day to find something, uh, that, that is either going to push or pull or it's just motivational or thought provoking. Um, it's a lot of stuff out there that we just don't see on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Like some yeah. of these interviews that I'm coming across or some of these podcast episodes and I'm like, man, I didn't hear, how is this not more, uh, more out there? Why are we not right. hearing more about this stuff? Right. And so uh, I'm trying to do my best to to bring it to the light and share it with uh, with other fathers. Um, so, yeah, thank you, man. My pleasure, man. So so uh, won't you, uh, I guess, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and then, you know, we'll we'll jump into it like like always. OK, so uh, I am. I'm a coach, obviously. Um, I, I'm into fitness. I'm a track and field coach. Um uh, I am a personal trainer. I've been married for 19 years. Uh, me and my wife, I have a six-year-old daughter, um, Grace. Um, I live in North Texas now. That's where I'm coaching. Um, been coaching for about 17 years now. Um, track and field, football, those types of things. Uh, me and my boy, we created this resistance band that we're trying to make go global, uh, 2-8 bands. Um, I wrote a book in 2019 called Father While Fatherless, which pretty much just goes into, you know, how I had to learn a lot on my own. But in that entire process, God was literally guiding me through and I had no clue until I started getting older. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I love fitness. They call, <laughs> they, they, they call me, they call me the Burpee King because, uh, you know, <laughs> I love burpees. I already told you how I feel about that. That is just <laughs> like I, I again. I you know like you're like one of the only people in the world that I know that enjoys burpees to the point where you have remixed you. You're like the like the P Diddy of burpees. Like you have invented <laughs> the burpee remix <laughs> and yes, and like hundreds of varieties of unnecessarily painful burpees. Uh, but but it's cool that you know that that's your that's your thing like it's it's actually i mean burpees suck and, and i don't like them because they suck right but yes. but they're actually really good for you um and in the way that you've remixed it and done some different things with them uh obviously adding more fuel to the fire and and that, that's it's really cool really cool yes, um sir. and something i did want to say to you though it, is that your high school that you were you recording at like the indoor facility yeah so man texas is different let me just let me so whatever you think about facilities coming from a California mindset, Texas like destroys that. Like when I first came out here, um, I was driving by our main stadium and I thought it was a, like a college. They're like, no, that's our, that's our stadium. I'm like, yeah, that's the, the high school stadium. And they're like, yeah, we have a practice stadium as well. And then when it gets too cold or there's lightning, we have an indoor facility. So yeah, that's, that's all connected to the school, man. That's insane. Well, first of all, when you go, that's our that's our main stadium. 
Like yes. my college didn't even have a main stadium and a practice stadium. Like we right. had, we had a practice field, yes. uh, and that was just literally a field behind the building. Like it wasn't. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah. I saw that the other day. You guys were in the indoor facility, and I'm like, dang, did he go to the college to do this? Is he working with the college yeah. team? But that's insane, man. Yeah. Okay, so um, so you married 19 years. Uh, father for six of those uh how was how was that experience because i you know what actually let's let's start at the beginning right you wrote a book uh father while fatherless um which which kind of chronicles your journey uh to to fatherhood right yes yes um so let's 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 start at the beginning right the, the fatherless part um what was that like as a as a young man what was your what was your your upbringing like um it was so I, I have no clue who my dad is still to this day. Um, you know, I've heard little stories about his name, but I've never seen him. Um, there's really no stories about him outside of the one that I was told about, uh, you know, he, he told my mother if she didn't have an abortion, he was going to leave her. That's the, that's the only story that I know about him. Um, so growing up, I kind of had this uh, hatred for this person that I've never even seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it did, it bothered me a lot. Um, I, there are certain things as a, as a male growing up in adolescenthood that I couldn't understand because I didn't have that male um, guidance. And when there were certain guys that my mom was dating would come around, there was this one particular guy named Aaron. He was the one I was like, man, you need to stay around because we were doing stuff together that I was like enjoying. He would talk to me. I would help him wash his car and he would he would try to give me the man talk. And I, I enjoyed that. And then when he was gone, I was like, dang, that boy is gone again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was it was difficult, man. Um, up until adulthood. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to have children in the first place, because I, I had no no example. Um so I kind of put that on my wife's head that, no, I don't want to have children. Uh, a lot of insecurity and, and just the idea that I was going to fail. So um, we waited a long time, <laughs> very long time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <clears throat> you mentioned the, the social media thing. And one of the things that I've been posting a lot referring to is like the the fathering process, right? How, how a young man is fathered. Um, and, and the idea that it's not always biological, right? Um, because even in those situations where you have a great father and a present father and a father who's always there, there's still those male influences, whether they be teachers, coaches, pastors, somebody in the community, Joe from up the street, you know, those kind of people that, that still have an influence in a young man or woman's life. But you growing up kind of without that, um, where would you, other than uh, you just mentioned one of those, uh, other than that, did you have other father figure or role, role kind of like role models that you kind of patterned yourself after? Well, I would say my, my uncle, he, he passed maybe five years ago. Um, when I first moved to California, um, I call him my uncle, but him and his wife, they kind of adopted me. So I would be at their house all the time. So he was actually the first person that I saw have a family and be present in their kid's life, in their wife's life. And I was like, that's that's what I want to be when I get older. Um, like he supported he supported uh, my cousins like he would go to everything that they had. Um, he would cheer them on. Uh, I would see him come home and, and kiss my aunt like that stuff that I never saw. So I was like, that's what I want to be when I get older. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, and so, you know, fathered, father while fatherless in, in that, in that title, uh, what are you referring to when you say father while fatherless? So I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the, um, with the scripture, the Lord would be the father to the fatherless. Yes. Okay. So um, that whole thing was, though I did not have a father, I was still being fathered. Um, again, God was sending people like my uncle so that I can see that. Or situations where 
it seemed like what was happening was impossible, but he was making a way to where I was able to maneuver and learn from the things that I was going through. So it was just me getting a grasp of that as I was getting older. Um, like, for example, I, I told a story in the, in the book where me and my mom were beefing for a while, like five years. Like, I didn't say anything to her. We didn't talk. Um, and I was sitting in a concert one day, and a guy wrote this song. And it was pretty much talking about how God's heart is when we disappoint him. Mm-hmm. And I kind of I felt that emotion in the song. And in the middle of me feeling that emotion, I promise you the Holy Spirit was like, hey, that's how I feel when you treat your mom the way that you're treating her. So stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I, I immediately called her after that, and we kind of reconciled after that long <laughs> hiatus of beef. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can see how that's like, uh, I mean, that's something like your dad would say, right? Like your dad would be like, hey, man, yes. look. Yeah, and 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 that's a even more a more powerful draw to to you know owning up and taking responsibility and like just like a, these are things that fathers would teach you, right? Like and so yes. not not having a present one, finding one in in the Creator and finding one in God and 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 using the strip the scriptures as guidance of of how to uh, become or be a man. You know, it's funny. I read a book a few years ago was uh Jesus as a life coach. Um and it and it's like if you look at the scripture and not just read it and go off the interpretations that other people have for it and you just kind of follow or chronicle the life of Jesus and, and the things that he did and, and you know the messages like it's this is a life coaching manual. Like you know yes. what I mean? Like yes. some of some of the parables and some of the things that you hear um depending on who you hear from they're they're skewed a certain way or, or another. But if you listen to them and read them yourself, you can always find how it connects to your life, which is a super amazing thing, right? Like it's always like they, people say, when you go to church and you feel like they are talking directly to you yes. <laughs> because it's always that, like it applies to you somehow. Right. Yes, and in your situation, yeah. it apply it, it rang true in this particular instance, like a father would tell his son, like, Hey man, you need, you know, you need to talk to your mom, like, right. No matter how you feel, right. You need to be talking to your mom. That's your mother. She gave you life, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. But I I know, I know because we've talked before, but you have kind of an interesting uh, story about, you know, finding your father or, or at least so you thought, um, yes. You want to tell us a little, (laughs) tell us a little bit about that. (laughs) Yeah. I can laugh about it now, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I know. I know. So, so going back to the, the story that I told you about, the only story I knew about whoever my dad is. Um, so one day out of the blue, I think I was 33, my mom calls me. She's like, call this guy. He said he's been looking for you for the last 30 years. I'm like, what? So I called the guy. Um, he's, he's like 15 minutes away from where I was born um, in Louisiana. So I call him. We start talking. Um he was like, yeah, I've been, I've been looking for you for the last 30 years. I've always felt like you were my son. Um, you know, me and your mom were talking back in the day and yada, yada, yada. So I started talking to this dude every day, like for about six months. Like I was looking forward to calling him every day because, you know, I'm looking for that father. Mm-hmm. You know, we're having these conversations. I'm falling in love with this dude. Like, oh, man, it, it's finally happening. So we go out to, to, to Louisiana to meet him and his family. And I met them, and uh, he was like, no matter what happens after this, you're still my father. But some stuff had happened. His wife had said some stuff, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I was like, you know what? We're going to get a DNA test so we can prove to her that you are my dad. (laughs) (laughs) So so we took a DNA test, uh, and every day I was waiting for the results. You know, I'm looking online like, okay, it's not there yet. So there's one particular day. I remember it was it was raining and I did not even go to breakfast this this morning. Uh, So I stayed in my classroom. It was raining. Um, As I got the results, the bell rang and it said there was a zero percent chance that he was my father. And as soon as I read it, I I started tearing up. I almost cried, actually, uh, as my kids were walking into the classroom. 
And I'm usually like the happy-go-lucky teacher or whatever. And they're like, are you okay? Like, nah, I'm actually not okay. Um, and that, that kind of messed me up. And from that point, I kind of withdrew from him. I would still mm-hmm. call him every now and then, but I just stopped calling him because I felt like I let I let that guard down, that wall that I had built for so many years, I had finally let it down. And then just to get that information. Um, so then I kind of stopped calling him. I was talking to him like once a month. Then it went from once every three months. And now I just kind of sporadically call him. But I think I needed to have that, I needed to have that experience because that allowed me to then want to have my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. wild, man. Zero yeah. percent. That's Jesus. That's zero percent. <laughs> like, give me like, like five. I'll take five percent. Right. Like, oh yeah, there, there was some, there was some human error in the testing, but yeah. like, yeah. yeah. But dang, zero percent. That's tough. Um. So, so then, how does that? How did that kind of push you into into wanting to be a father? Like, what what about that situation kind of pushed you forward? Because I believe that before I met him, you know, like I said, I had a I had a real hard heart toward fathers like i hated father's day i called father's day dead beat awareness day that was what i called it mm-hmm. um but me meeting this dude even though he just had the thought that i was his son he wasn't sure he just thought it was and the fact that he was seeking after me and i didn't even know who he was that kind of broke that wall down and yeah once that was brought down i was like yeah if i do have a kid i'm i'm just gonna love it to death um, kind of like what he showed me, even though I wasn't his kid, you know? Yeah. 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 I got you. I got you. So before we, before we get into, into you, uh, as a father, I do want to ask you, because I I saw this, uh, in, in the book description, you talk about there being a a difference between growing up with a father or sorry, growing out, growing up without your father and not knowing your father. What do you, what, what is that difference there? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? I would say a lot of it is, oh, I think I brought this up the last time we talked. Yeah. Um, one of my one of my old students, we had a conversation where would it be worse to grow up with your dad and he leave? So like you have a certain type of relationship with him and he leaves or not knowing him at all. And I think it's worse not knowing him at all because you, like I said, you have no guidance. Like what do, what do I know about being a man if I never had that guidance, like the one post that you put up where the guy was talking to his dad and he said, I know nothing about you or me. So I'm pretty much learning everything on my own, which is why the title of that book came about as well. Yeah. 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 yeah I can, I can, it, I don't know, man. Like I feel like I, th- I feel both sides, right. I can really, I can understand both sides because one, my dad was, super present until him and my mom got divorced. And then there was like a period of time where he wasn't around and then he started coming back. And now he's, you know, it's back. It it is not, there's that gap, right. Where that time where like, man, like I really wish he was there, but then I have memories to lean on and to, to, you know, to kind of relate to. Um, and so there's a pain there because of the hole that was there. Um, but then I can imagine too, where if I never knew him, like people say what you, what you don't know, it won't hurt you, but that's not true. Right. Not at all. <laughs> because, because especially as a man, and I know it's a, it's a similar situation for, for daughters who don't have, don't have their father present at all. Um, but as a man seeking to find your identity without uh, that kind of reflective older figure where you can kind of see, okay, he looks like me, talks like me. He, I can kind of be the, I, these are things that are, uh, are real for me. Um, you know, without that, I can see, especially in the world today, the way it is just trying to find out who you want to be or who you can be uh, without that presence. Um, is It's got to be tough. It's got to be tough. Oh, definitely. Because I, I was thinking, okay, say you knew him, but he left at a very critical part of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, that critical point for us is about 13 to 18. Right. Like, that void would be like, okay, I know he's there. I know I can call him if I want to, but it's difficult. 
Now imagine doing that from birth to 18. I have no clue what's going on. Like I'm literally walking blind right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And again, that, that I still feel myself as a 41 year old man having those little boy feelings for a father that I never knew. So, I don't yeah. Know, man. It's, so, so I then, <laughs> so did your, your, your mom, other than, you know, having, having relationships of her own throughout your lifetime, did, was she, did she actively push you into like sports or to like male role model kind of situations, like go to the boys club or any of those things? Or was that, that's something that just, you know, if it happened, it happened or, or, or maybe you sought out yourself. Those are things that kind of just happened. I would say football when I was eight, somebody convinced her to put me in football. So other than not convincing, I don't, I'm not sure if she would have put me in it or not. Okay. Yeah. Because that, that's been, that's been the conversation in the comments uh, is like, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of single moms, I don't know where, I mean, they've, they've, the following of single moms is, is, has, has increased. Um, but they, yes. they kind of almost with a, a, a badge of honor will say, you know, I'm raising my sons by myself. Their dad isn't a, like these kind of things. Right. And like, I did it all myself. Sure. I taught them how to be a man. And while I applaud that, you know, because I know it's a tough job to take on two roles, um, I think we both know that the male influence is important and, and I'll talk oh, yeah. and some of the ones I talk to are like going through it right now. And you'll, and I suggest a male influence and they're like, nah, I got this. <laughs> I'm like, what? And, and, and it, it's, I think it's a pride thing. I think it's obviously coming from a place of pain, right? We can't, we can't trust men cause their dad didn't do this thing, uh, uh the right way, but there's got to be some type of male influence for a young man, especially. There, ha right? there, there has to be. There has to be. Because it is, it is, it's imperative for especially young black boys to have some type of male influence in their lives because, you know, I, I work in a, pro a public school now, and I can see the difference between kids who are in single-parent houses as opposed to kids who have two parents. Even... Even if the father is one of those guys that have a lot of money and he's like, hey, I'm going out of town for five years. And I'm just going to give you this money. <laughs> the fact that they have that relationship as opposed to the kid who does not, it's a lot more likely for them to go the wrong way if they don't have some type of influence in their life. Yeah, yeah. And I would I would even argue, too, in a situation where a dad is is not completely present, but is a presence, you know, like it just a. Uh, uh, to have a second person, right? Like you, you're about to do something wrong and you think, oh, my mom would be disappointed. And my dad would do that little and, right? Like yes. yeah. that's enough to keep a kid on track, right? That's enough yes. to keep a kid, please don't call my dad, right? Like I, my dad don't, right. my dad is never around the house. You know what I mean? He just come around and buy me shoes on Christmas, but please don't call my dad, right? Right, <laughs> you right, know what I mean? right. Because even though, you know, they're not all that you need them to be, the fact that they are is is one of those things where it's like, I think even some of the dads devalue that position, um, because I've been doing some work with the uh, first five, and kind of talking about um, co-parenting, right? And it's obviously a tough situation to co-parent, especially coming out of a, a divorce, which is most of these guys' situations, um, and dudes are like fighting to be in their kid's life, but fighting a losing battle, so, so to speak. And it's like, you know, when you get to a point where you know you're losing, especially as a guy, sometimes we'll just take the L and be like, yo, this is, this is it. I'm out. You know what I mean? Uh, right. I'm still going to do what I can for my kid, but I'm not going to fight to be present because she's winning this battle and I don't want to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, and so dudes would be like, well, you know, he's doing pretty good. He'll be all right. I'll get him some shoes, you know, I'll come to the game and, and that'll be enough. But that that presence is so powerful, right? If you can get past just the the weekend father thing, right, and maybe show up on a Tuesday just randomly, right? Or, right, right. You know that that is is I think we don't even understand how powerful we are until our kids are older, right? Because your your daughter's six, right? 
Yes. And as much as you feel like you're doing a great job, you don't really know yet. You know what I mean? Like you see, right. you see little things right. that she's doing and be like, okay, yeah. All right. Perfect. Like she's doing good stuff. And that means that we're doing good. Cause me and my wife, the other day we were in the car uh, and we had just dropped our kids off. At, I think it was at school or something. And we both looked at each other and had the same thought, like, man, we're doing a good job. And then I, at, the, <laughs> at the same time, I was like, yeah, but we don't really know though. Right. Like, when they're 20 and 30 and making like adult decisions, that's when you know for sure if you've, if you've yeah. done a good job, right? And so I just yeah. always try to remind these guys that I'm working with is that like, don't take yourself for granted, right? Like just the little things that you're doing are so important. Just that little bit of effort, like that means the world to the kid. Um, yeah. And to have that ability to do that, just don't let that go, right? Right. Yeah. So speaking of speaking of your daughter, right? Uh, so you didn't want to have kids, right? But you know you yeah, got open, <laughs> you got open to the <laughs> idea. Um, what was that? What was that like for you? Uh, it was scary. Um, I was looking forward to it. It was a whole lot of emotions going on uh, once we decided. Um, but it was literally like the day me and my wife decided. You know what? God says, hey, let's have a kid. We decided. We did it. Uh, first time's a charm. <laughs> <laughs> Literally first time. Um, and then when she came, like, I was so like, wow, like, I'm a, I'm a father. Me, I'm a father. It was, it was, it was probably the most beautiful, scary thing I've ever had to deal with. Um, and then I just look at her now, like, Dang, I, I have a little person that that is depending on me to grow and 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 learn and all types of stuff. So it's been a it's been a good experience so far. Yeah, what uh, yeah. it's funny to to see you talk about it, right? You can see the the like you're glowing right now, <laughs> like, like that. She has such an impact on your life. But I was gonna say, how old were you uh, when you guys decided to to have a kid? We were 35. Okay. And the reason I ask is because because a lot of times, um, you know, when, when we're having kids at a young age, we haven't yet had an opportunity to be a man yet, right? Like we haven't like had a our transition from being what I would say is like a boy or just an immature young man to being responsible, providing for a family, like it was you and your wife for a good a good amount of time. You, you're providing for a family. Yes. You're you're being responsible. You are thinking of someone other than yourself, and then you decide, even though you hadn't wanted to up to that point, you are in a position as 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 a man to say, okay, I know what's coming. I'm I'm nervous for it because I know what's coming, uh, and I know the amount of responsibility I'm going to have. But I think a lot of times, guys we get into a situation where one, we are either aren't mature enough to understand that responsibility and that makes it easier for us to bail out, right? Yes. Or we're afraid of our, our potential shortcomings because of, in your situation, like you didn't have a father. And so I don't know how to be a father, but you embraced it, which is different than some guys. Some guys are just going to it and be afraid of it and they shy away from being the father that maybe they needed. Um, and again, they bail out. Uh, whether they stay or, or actually leave, they bail out in ways where maybe you should. My bad. I know you're enjoying the episode, but uh, I just want to let you know that this episode is actually brought to you by 2-8 Bands. 2-8 Bands is a multi-loop fabric brand with a unique design that unlocks a whole new world of training. This isn't your typical resistance band. It's not the cheap plastic stuff or the rubber stuff that's tough on your skin and rolls up and rips your hair out. It actually works perfectly for both upper and lower body. Two of the biggest reasons busy dads like you and me don't work out is because we don't have time and we don't have space. We don't have time to fit it into our day and we don't have the space of a commercial gym at our home. So this is where 2A Bands comes in. You can get a full body workout in a minimal amount of space without a bunch of equipment. If you're looking to get in a quick workout that's gonna get you burning fat, get you stronger, faster, leaner, then go ahead and head over to 28 Bands and grab your 28 Band today, right? That's www.28bands.com. Again, www.two8bands.com.
over overcompensate. Um, did you feel like okay, you decided you're gonna do it? You were, you're nervous, obviously, because you know all of the the responsibility that now is gonna come upon you. Did you feel like it forced you to to change in any way? Oh, definitely. Um, if I would have if I would have had a child ten years before, so when I was twenty five, because of all the 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 healing and brokenness that I had to get over. I think I would have been one of those bailers. I really do. Um, because at that time, I just mentally, if we're talking about exercise, nothing can break me. But when it comes to that emotional stuff, at that time, I would have broken pretty badly. And I would have been that person that I hated. So I think in that time, you know, that those 10 years, I, I had to learn some stuff about myself. Um, I had to heal from some stuff that I was still dealing with. I had to meet. Mr. Robinson, who helped break down that wall. And then a lot of that allowed me to open my eyes and say, you know what? Um, everything that I wanted, I'm going to now be for her. Okay. Who is, who is Mr. Robinson? That's the guy that, that thought I was. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 That, actually that's, that's, I didn't even think about that until just now you said it, it that you mentioned it brought down your walls um yeah. but it, it it opened up a door at the same time right for you to yeah, yeah. to kind of start to look at okay now i can i can be a father to somebody yes um and because of because of your own situation you could be a great father you know what i mean because you know you've lived yeah, through yeah. lived through feeling what you needed Right. And now you can provide that and then some. Right. Because you can put your own little flavor on it. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's that's super dope. So six years old, um, we looking to make her a big sister anytime soon. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she's been asking for a sibling for the last year. <laughs> so. So me and the wife have been, uh, I guess, practicing, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Kids, kids, kids ask for like brothers and sisters, like they ask it for like a, a, a happy meal or something. A toy, right? Because <laughs> my my daughters are funny because they'll do the same thing. Like we we aren't. I I, I went and got the, the procedure or whatever already. So they ask and it's in vain. But I'd be like, man, y'all don't really understand. You don't have no, you. It's not a doll. Like you, you're not. This is not. You are not. You're not gonna have nothing to do with it for for years, other than like holding and going to get some diapers or a bottle. Like you're gonna be tired of this kid before they even get a chance to be anything. Because right. they asked me for. A, we have a dog, and we we're going to PetSmart the other day and uh, get to get some dog food. And you know they have like the adoption people there out front with all the dogs, and the dogs are cute. And they're, Right. So they want to see the dogs and they find one and they fall in love immediately. Right. And, <laughs> and they, they I, already, I told them no at the door. Like this is we're not getting another dog because the dog we have now is my dog now because y'all don't do nothing with it. Uh, right. And so they, they I told them, no, I, I, we're walking around. We split up because they want to go see the goldfish. So they go with their mom to see the goldfish. And when they get, we meet back now, she's on the board. Right, like, oh, I said, we should get another dog, and this the girl showed me. I'm like, first of all, the three of you are insane. <laughs> like, there's no way, no way we're getting another dog. So yesterday, uh, our dog is in. The, he's a house dog, and he's bark. He when he's hungry or he wants to go outside, he'll bark. He'll just be wherever, somewhere in the house, he'll be barking. And uh, I hear him. They're downstairs with him. I'm upstairs. I hear him barking, and this is going on for like several minutes. He's barking. I hear him scratching at the door. I come downstairs. They're sitting on the couch next to the door and nobody got up. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, y'all just waiting for me right. to come down and get him? Like, yeah, we definitely can't get another dog and we for sure not having no more kids. <laughs> right. Like, we have, though, and it's funny, we have, though, considered adoption just for the, 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 the sake of, like, helping another another uh, a young person, uh, you know, who doesn't have a family, that kind of stuff. But as far as like newborn baby, nah, I'm good. I'm good on that. I'm good. Yeah, we actually thought about adopting too, uh, but we want, them, we want them to be small. Like we want them to, 
you know, not remember anything that maybe oh yeah they experienced, you know. So um, yeah, we thought about that. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think we probably I don't know we're getting old now. Not we're getting old. Our kids are getting older now, um, and I think we've kind of created a life the way we wanted, and to start over again with a younger younger kid, I think would be really tough for us. Um, but I think we're open to the opportunity just because we feel so strongly about family, you know, like being able to provide a family for, for another kid that that maybe didn't have it. Um, which is why we want to try to do some of this nonprofit stuff and kind of go back into the community and give back. But, um, I mean, the adoption route is, is one of those things where I think you, you can change a person's entire life. Um, oh yeah because being in the system sucks <laughs> like you know I, I uh my uncle and my dad own a group home and so i've been kind of around that for the last i don't know 25 years and the system sucks man these kids aren't aren't mm-hmm. it's it's a rough road so you know if we can save a kid from that that that'd be great and so you know it's still in the air still in discussion every once in a while we'll yeah. bring it up and it'll probably happen being just being honest um, but I, I don't know when. Okay. So, um, if you do, right. Are you, are you hoping for a boy or are you just, whatever happens, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be super dad. Well, I'm regardless of what happens, but, uh, before we even thought about having kids, I had had a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard crying where I wake up, I walk to a crib and there's two girls in there. And their names were underneath their bodies. Okay. So obviously we didn't have twins, but um, the the first girl, her name was Grace Michelle, and that's what our daughter's name is. So I'm certain. Well, in my heart, I believe that if we do get pregnant again, it's probably going to be a girl, and I already have her name. So okay. <laughs> so we're gonna go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, they, they come to you in visions, right? And so. Uh, oh yeah, that'd be really cool. Have I, I'm in the I'm in the two two girl club, and uh, it having a daughter, and I'm sure you know this. <laughs> having a daughter, it, it brings a different side of you out, right? Like, cause prior to this, I wouldn't say that I'm like I was like super masculine, like oh, whatever alpha male or whatever people say, right? Like, uh, I think I have a presence about me, but I wasn't like over the top with it, right? But I definitely am more in touch with my emotions <laughs> now with daughters. Oh, yeah. I think even just being a father, right? Like I'll see something on TV where like one of those fatherhood moments and I, you know, I'm like, oh, <clears throat> let me clear my, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Or like, uh, like uh, I don't even know what it was I saw the other day, but it was something where the, the dad was proud of his daughter. And immediately I was like, yo, what is happening right now? Right. Like, God dang, I've never been just soft for no reason. Um, and I don't know if that's because I have daughters and I feel so strongly about them or it's just being a dad where you can connect with those things. Because before the, before this, yeah. right, whatever, I don't care. It didn't mean anything to me. Right. But now that, that right. little stuff like these little Disney movies and they'd be having like little little sad moments. My daughters be sobbing. I'd be like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, boy, boy or girl, I can't watch anything where a father and a kid like have some type of engagement. Man, because I just start tearing up. I gotta <laughs> make sure something's in my eye. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't do it. But yeah, the emotional part it has been. It's taught me a lot about me. It's taught me a lot about my wife. How I need to. Um, how I didn't really have that emotional part early on in our in our relationship. And it seems like now that my daughter's here, it's showing me all the stuff that I did terribly wrong with my wife. Mm-hmm. It's starting to change because of her. So yeah, that the, the whole emotional part increased a thousand when she got here. Yeah, my wife my wife will tell you that I'm a better husband since I became a father. Um yes. when we were young in high school uh, she would always say that I was a mo- I was a robot, like I was emotionless, like, and I'm like that kind of in general, right? I don't get too high, I don't get too low. I kind of fly in the middle, just from life experience, right? I don't want to get too high because it's yeah. coming back down, and I don't get too sad about yeah. it because it'll come back up. 
But see, right. you know, that obviously for, for a woman who's more emotional, is like frustrating, right? <laughs> like, um, but now I'm riding the emotional roller coaster. Like I'm up and I'm down. And like, it, it's super yeah. weird to me. <laughs> Because I'll just right. have I'll have a bad day. Like I didn't I didn't used to have bad days. Like I, I would always say I don't have bad days. I just have varying levels of good, right? But now I'll have yes. like a bad day, and I'm like, dang, what is this? Like, what what are these emotions? Uh, right. And so, and, and what that did though is it kind of forced me to start doing some some homework on what emotional intelligence is, right? Because I I had a couple emotions. I was mad. I was happy. And I was sad, right? That was it. I didn't have, then she's a therapist. So she showed me like this wheel of emotions. Dog, it's like 25 emotions. I'm like, what are these? What right. are these things? Like, you know, it's, right. too it's too much stuff. There's too many things. Right. But now that I have daughters, uh, you know, I obviously need to know when, when they're feeling a certain way, like what is that actual feeling, right? Because I want right. to be able to help them work through it not solve it. And I think that's a problem that men have is we always are trying to fix things and solve things. Um, mm -hmm. But I want to have the the wisdom to help them work through it themselves to be present while they're working through it. Other than just saying, what are you mad for? Right. right, right. <laughs> that's super right. frustrating. My, like my youngest is, is probably the more emotional of the two. And if you ask her, why are you mad? Oh, it just, it, it, it'll, it'll send her into a spiral. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's not. I'm not mad. Like, really? <laughs> you're stomping around. You you you're grumpy. You got your arms crossed. Those are all mad signals, as far as I know. Like, right. like if you was on the streets, we might be ready to fight. Like you're just showing that right. you're showing me that you're mad. That's not it. Um. Right. So yeah, it has definitely forced me to to expand and grow as a man, um, and as as a person, because. Yeah. Prior to kids, I was like, you know, doing pretty well. We had been together for a long time. If we didn't have kids, we was going to be together forever, I think. Right. Um, but I wouldn't have expanded and, and kind of stretched myself to fill in these other boxes, um, which I think helped. Like I said, it helped in our relationship, too, because my my quest for emotional intelligence for my kids also helps me understand her a little better. Yes. And and something I think we don't we don't put enough stock into is is your relationship with that child's mother, whatever it is, uh, means a lot to the child, right? Because children feel like probably up until high school they feel like they're they are the center of their community, right? Mom and dad are mom and dad because of me, right? My friends are my right. friends because of me, right? Everything kind of centers around them in their mind. And if mom and dad are beefing, mom and dad are upset because of something I did or mom and dad got divorced right. because of something I did. And they kind of put it all on themselves. So mom and dad are in love because of me is powerful. Yes. Um, and I think that's something that they, they need to see, especially with us having daughters, uh, how you treat your wife, uh, the example of love that you, cause, cause no matter what you are their first love. The first time that they ever yes. loved a man is you and every man after you will be yeah. compared to you. And your right. example of love to their mother is what they will look for or not, depending on how you do. Right. They're, they're going to look right. for for right. themselves. Um, so I think it's really important as fathers that we we keep that in mind, even if we're not with even if we're not with mom. Right. Because you can't be like, you know, I, I my, my I don't remember my dad ever saying anything negative about my mom even though they were you know door divorced and they had like a little nasty time uh where things were, were a mess during a custody battle and i remember my mom saying stuff about my dad because she's more emotional and vocal um right. Right. but i don't remember him saying anything about her negative and it really meant a lot to me because you know i was i was a mama's boy at that time you know like he would have said something bad about my mom and i'm pretty sure it would have been like i don't want to come over this weekend you know right. i would have took it personally Right. And uh, so I think as as fathers, we have to kind of keep that in mind and, and how we treat her is a reflection of how they feel we treat them. You know what I mean? Right. Again, especially right. with daughters. Right. So um, I, I got a couple of uh, a couple of questions for you um, and you've answered these before. And so I want to see uh, if, if anything has changed since the last time. Yeah, I doubt it. 
but you may have a more refined answer this time. Right, right. <laughs> you got the cheat. You got the uh, the cheat sheet. Um, but but again, it's a fatherhood podcast, and so this is this is you know an important question to answer. Um, and I might throw an extra question at you just because. But um, what does uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? Fatherhood to me, um, it means that I'm responsible to lead, guide, nurture, um, allow my daughter to make mistakes, uh, but then help her grow from those mistakes. Um, it means understanding that I'm going to make a mistake because uh, something that something that I realized yesterday, I literally just realized this, is I try to be a perfectionist. And what I learned just yesterday, that perfectionism shows that you're still insecure about something within yourself. So fatherhood is also me understanding that I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to be perfect in her life. I'm going to do things that disappoint her and probably stray her the wrong way. But understanding that in that, I can still teach her something in that insecurity. So all of that mixed into one. Yeah, I like that. I, I really like that that last part. But it's something that you said that I haven't heard a lot of guys say, and this is something that I think is important, is nurture, right? Oh, yeah. Because I think we look at the parent dynamic and we say mom's the nurturer, dad's the provider or the protector, right? But I yeah, think... Yeah. I think and I feel like you say like a sound like a single mother right now, but dads, dads can nurture too, right? Just like they'll they'll say, oh, well, yeah. moms can make boys tough too. No, dads can nurture too, um, and I think yes. that we should because we nurture in a different way, um, and that gives our kids balance, right? Like the way that I love on my daughters is different than the way that their mother does, but it's also needed, right? It's also right. important for them to feel that from a male, uh, a masculine energy, right? What nurturing is from a masculine yes. energy because in their lifetime, they're going to deal with masculine energies and they need to know to understand what that feeling is. And it's our responsibility because again, like I said, we're, we're their first love to be able to give it to them. Right. Yes. The second part of that though, the, the, you know, the perfectionism and, and making mistakes, I think we all struggle with, right. It's not, it's not, it's not a you thing. Um, and you, you probably realized it cause you were, you were going a little further maybe into the perfectionism thing than, than you needed to. Um, yeah. but yes, we are going to make mistakes and that is a part of it and understanding that we are going to make mistakes and then being open to change after we make that mistake. Right. When we realize it like, okay, yeah. it's not one of those situations where they just gonna have to deal with it, you know, uh, which is which is something right. that my my dad or my mom might might have just said, you know, I'm the parent and you just gonna have to deal with whatever I give you. Um, is right. recognizing that we made a mistake, maybe apologizing for it if we need to. Um, both of us learning from it and both of us getting better. Um, I think it, you know having that realization for sure is going to change the way that you parent, and it's something that I always have to remind myself of too. Is like. Uh, if I lose my temper, if I, uh, like my, <laughs> I'm sarcastic, right? I'm like super sarcastic and, you know, little kids don't know how to take it necessarily. Not all the time. Right. It's like, they think I'm, they think I'm right, being serious yeah. and they take it personal sometimes. And I have to remind myself like, dang, they don't, their, their level of, uh, of sarcasm and comedy isn't there yet. And so I have to apologize. Like, no, I wasn't, right. I didn't mean that. Like, I didn't mean it in a negative way. I was just let me let me walk that back and let me explain to you what it is and it's instead of like just giving it to them and letting them process the feelings by themselves understanding that i need to be there to help them process it and so i think that's very good very good uh advice for for fathers you know is is you don't have to be perfect in fact you're not going to be perfect no. and accepting that you're not going to be you're perfect not. is okay uh yeah all right so let's uh Let's let's jump into the second question, and it's again, it's a two part question. Um, if you had to, <laughs> you're creating a burpee burpee video, right? It's Burpee Mondays, um, and you got like okay. the the burpee backflip into a split that you're teaching us today, <laughs> and so you, 
So you shoot the video for it and, and you, you're inspired by the, the craziness of the burpee. And so you, you, you put in the caption a message, um, but this message is only going to reach fathers. Uh, what do you, what do you want that message to say? Hmm. Like in a burpee video, huh? <laughs> Your only limitation is what you think. Okay. All right. All right. No, don't leave me with just the philosophy. Give me, give me. The, <laughs> no, no. So, uh, okay. Since we're talking about burpees, a lot of times, okay. People hate <laughs> burpees and I get that. But they think that they're not able to do them. Even if they're just a basic burpee, you know, I, I can make it as simple as possible. I can make it as complex as possible. You only can't do it because you're limiting yourself to thinking that you can't do it. Anybody can do a burpee. Big people, little people. I taught my daughter how to do a burpee at three. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, you're the only limitation. That's corporal punishment, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but yeah. I yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. And so that, that makes sense, right? Because I think we do put yeah. limitations on, on our ability as people. I think we put limitations on our ability to father based on our past fathering, um, and our yes. potential outlooks on fathering. Um, but that limitation is all in your head, right? Because it's all in your head. you can be great and you have the potential to yeah. be if you do the work, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so you, you mentioned it, right? And so you, you, you taught your daughter how to do a burpee, right? And so now you're mm -hmm. making another video and it's, it's skewed towards a six-year-old, right? Six-year-old burpees. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the message mm -hmm. that you, you want her to see in the caption? It kind of goes hand in hand with what I just said. Um, because with little children, they have to know through you first that they can do anything. Because, you know, you said a lot, oh, you can do anything that you put your mind to. And a lot of people don't really grasp that. But if you can start that seed in a young kid early, then as they get older and those those obstacles and, and those tests start to come their way, that seed will grow at the, the time where it's supposed to. And they'll be like, you know what? I can do this. My dad told me I can do this. And he showed me that I can do it. So um, I know I can do it. And a lot of times they'll hear your voice in their head like, man, he, he pushed me through these times when I was little. And he affirmed me when I was young and told me who I was and how strong I am. And then it'll, it'll grow at the time where it's supposed to. So it's kind of like the same thing. You, you are your only limitation. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good message. That is a good message for both, yeah. for both populations, fathers and for, for children. Yes. Um, yes. Because I think those limiting beliefs are what holds us back, right? We have character flaws and we have, you know, social issues and we may have financial issues and all those things. Right. But, but if you think it, you can be it right. If you can of put course. the thought into your head, right, that's that first mental rep of doing it, right? Um, and it's funny, I actually posted something about that the other day. It's like, we uh, we don't think that we can, so things are impossible, right? Yes. But impossible is just a word that says I'm possible, right? right. So it, it, if we just right. change our perspective just a little bit, right? We take impossible and we just split it right there after the first two letters. Whatever that thing is that you're saying is impossible is now possible. Now you have to actually take the actions, right? Because now that you know it's possible, yes. like you talk about, uh, it was a Roger Bannister in the mile, right? Once he, once he breaks yes. it, which was impossible at that point, once he breaks the record in that next year, everybody's breaking the record. Like it's not even, it's not even a thing right. anymore. Nobody's even thinking about that as a, as a, exactly. as a limitation. It's like, yo, how much further can we get past that number? How fast can we run it? Like before it was impossible to do it. Now I'm trying to do it in three minutes, right? Like it's right. just, it's just a matter of changing the mindset. And sometimes it has, somebody else will have to prove it to you. 
um, you know, you won't believe that you can do it yourself. And that's one of the beautiful things about a podcast or or like some of the stuff I'm posting is, is being able to see someone else outside of you because you you battle with it in your head, whether you can do it or not. Right. And you, yes. you'll constantly yes. talk yourself out of it. But then you see somebody say, hey, like you just did. Right. Somebody will see this and be like, you're your only only limitation. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely right. Let me go do something. Right. Um, and that's why. That's why being a coach is so important too. And having, going back to what we were talking about earlier, having that male influence in sports. Because a lot of kids, especially if they don't have fathers in the home, don't believe they can do it. It's like, no one's ever told me that I could do anything. So who are you to tell me? Like, no, you can do it. You just got to believe you can do it first. And I'm going to push you through it. It's not always going to mm-hmm. be easy. But you can do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You just got to shift yeah. your mindset. Like all they might have heard is yeah. you're fast, right? Yes. <clears throat> but nobody's ever really told them how fast they can be. And they've exactly. settled for being the fastest yes. kid on the block, fastest kid in the family, which is great, right? This is It depends on the family. Like, if you're the fastest kid in some families, like, that's phenomenal, right? Right. <laughs> but but then they get with a coach and, and like yourself, and you can see – the, the foundation that they have and how they can build on that. And if no one ever, if no one, if they never run into you, right. And you're never able to pull them, push them, groom them to being the best that they can be, then they won't, they'll settle, they'll settle for being the fastest in the family. What's beautiful about that is no matter when that sports career ends, right. They may not make it to the Olympics, but let's say they do. At some point, that's going to be over. It's not you don't run forever. But the lessons that they learn along the way, along that process, along that journey, overcoming obstacles, believing in yourself, hard work, dedication, commitment, prayers, belief, all these different things that they're going to learn along the process. When they stop being an athlete and they start being just a person, they all translate. They all translate into life and just being a better person in general. You're going to need all those qualities that you got that, again, they probably wouldn't have gotten if they had not had a coach. So you are you are a father to one biologically, but you are fathering an entire track and field program and have for a very long time. There are a lot of people who are better human beings because of you. Uh, because of the influence that you've had in their life and the influence that you continue to have in their life. And thank you for that, right? Because that next generation of, of young people that have gone through your program and persevered uh, have learned a lot about themselves and what they can become. And so thank you for that, for fathering them without being their father. Yeah, my, my pleasure. <laughs> All right, man. Look, thank you uh, for taking the time out of your day for a second time. Um, this time we we didn't have any technical difficulties, which is phenomenal. Um, and I think yes, we put sir. together something really special, man. I really appreciate it. I enjoy the conversation yet again. And I don't think there's been a time where I haven't enjoyed the conversation. So even when I got to see you speak at the, uh, the strength conditioning conference, I was like, man, this dude is he's, he's on his stuff, man. Um, so, so I appreciate it, and uh, I thank you for for taking the time out of your day. I know you got a busy day planned ahead of you, um, and I know that I got something from this, and I know that the the guys who are listening will take something from this. Um, if guys are looking to get in touch with you, maybe to learn more, maybe they want to get some bands, uh, maybe they want to do some burpees. <laughs> uh, where would they find you? Uh, Instagram, I'm Coach Wellington Develops. On Facebook, just my name, Michael Wellington, M-I-C-H-E-A-L, Wellington. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel, same thing, Michael Wellington. Um, if you if you hit any of those, you want to ask me a question, I literally will respond within the hour. Um, so, yeah, hit me up. Ask me any questions you want. I am more than willing to, to respond. Yeah, yeah. Also, fellas, uh, the book, right? The book is available uh, I know it's on Amazon. Is there anywhere else they could find it? Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, pretty much. Okay. All right. Cool. So, so make sure you guys, you guys go follow him. Uh, ask him a bunch of questions. Uh, grab the book. Yes. Ask him even more questions. 
Um, remember, this, this is a fatherhood journey that we should not have to do alone. And that's the purpose of the podcast. So hopefully, if you're listening, that's why you're listening is because you want to be a better father and you need to explore every avenue and, and reading a book about being father while fatherless and, and learning his journey uh, can definitely help you expand and grow in your fatherhood. Uh, thank you again, brother. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. My pleasure. Thanks yeah. for having me, man. Yes, sir. You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at You Can Call Me Coach on Instagram. Also, follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on You Can Call Me Coach. Uh, go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it. <laughs>